much good today, you all. In the midst of our struggles, God is good. It is good to see each and every one of you today. Uh, we are in a new sermon series, but before I talk about the new series, I want us to go back and talk about the old sermon series. Y'all remember when we planted seeds? Look at that. So Sharon uh, Grace Williams, she planted um, red peppers, and these are her growings. She sent them to me because they are growing so well, and she has so many that now I can take these home and plant them in my yard and prayerfully, they're going to keep growing. <laughs> but I just wanted to share this with you because she shared that with me. I want you all to know, uh, lay pastor Sylvia Fields is home uh, recovering, and as well as Larry Fountain. He was here with us, but he was in the hospital, and he's at home recovering too. And we want to say welcome back to Pastor Antonia. Hallelujah. She's over there helping with the kids. But... I know I'm glad she's back, and the summer camp is glad she's back, praise God. She had a good time. So if you look in your, your bulletin, you have a sermon to follow along with, an outline to follow along with me if that helps you. But I also want to make sure we see what our summer uh, sermon series is. It's also in the program. Right now we're in soul care, and then in August we're going to be looking at a uh, series called Triggered. Last week we talked, what was the title of last week's sermon, you all? godly peace and what's this week's how to heal then what's third week three spiritual practices that transform week four an attitude of gratitude <laughs> and week five above and beyond believing for more and then the last week is the heart of a christian before we continue, let us take a moment to pray. Gracious and holy God, we do want to take care of our bodies, our minds, and our souls. Help us this day, Lord, as we continue to reflect on all you do in our lives. Help us to connect with you, Lord, in deeper and more meaningful ways. We want to hear from you, Lord Jesus, and we trust in you. We thank you and we honor you. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen. So last week we talked about, especially for those that weren't here, we talked about soul care. We were, we were reminded that God gave us a mind, a body, and a soul, right? We also talked about what godly peace is versus worldly peace. And we talked about the difference between self-care, which is sometimes focused on the external, and, and uh, soul care, which is always focused on the internal. So learning about godly peace, did anybody feel peaceful this week? A little bit, okay, <laughs> I hope so. I hope every single one of you felt a, a little bit of peace, but learning to really heal is our focus today, and so that we can continue to dwell in godly peace. Did you know that every single human, say every single human, Every single human on the planet needs to heal or will need to heal. Every single one of us. Every single one of us will experience some hurt, some pain, and some suffering. Can we all agree with that? So when we're talking about healing today, I want you all to know that this is not everything that we need to do to heal. 
Pastor Antonio is going to talk about that a little bit more next week in spiritual practices that will transform us. But this is starting us with the basics. Say basics. So in learning how to heal, one of the first steps is the art of lament. Say that with me. The art of lament. Who knows what it means to lament? Cindy? Wait, we got to get you a mic. It's to cry out to God when you're in pain. It's to cry out to God when you're in pain. Anybody else? Has anybody ever lamented before? Some of us. Okay, Anna. Lamenting is a continuous uh, going before the Lord. And really, it's like a cry. Sometimes you cry tears, but sometimes you're just letting out the emotion mm -hmm. from deep within. Right. That's sometimes what. you don't even have words. It's like a, a guttural or a moaning or a, you don't even have the words. You just just laying before the Lord. Amen. Anyone else want to talk about your experience with lament? All right. So how many of us know that we are not supposed to suffer forever? None of us are supposed to suffer for Anna. <laughs> Did you have something else you want to say, Anna? Okay, you, you agree? <laughs> We're not supposed to suffer forever. I remember when I was about four years old, you all, I had accidentally stepped on a nail or something that was on the floor, and I cut my foot. And it was such a bad cut. I mean, my foot was bleeding all over the floor. My mother had to take me to the hospital, and I had to get my very first stitches. It was traumatic, y'all. They, they had me laying on that um, emergency room cot, and they took this blue device, and they, they rolled me up like a hot dog and had me strapped in. <laughs> and I got those stitches, and I'm telling you, I screamed bloody murder. You can probably hear me all the way cleared on the other side of the hospital. I saw all of that blood, and I was in so much pain, I thought I was dying. As my little four-year-old self, nobody couldn't tell me that wasn't the end at that moment. I thought I was dying. It was the worst injury that I had ever experienced up until that point in my life. And when the stitches were done and we went home, if I tried to walk on it, it would still bleed. So every time I saw the blood, I'd be tell running to my mother like, Mom, I'm dying, I'm dying. And she kept just looking at me like, poor child. <laughs> How many of y'all have ever had a wound like that where you just knew this was the end? You just had a wound so bad. And so when I had that wound at the time, I did not know that I was going to heal. I had no idea that I was going to heal. But right now, almost 50 years old, I realized that was a very small potato that I was experiencing back in the day, right? I know that I did not die, and I also know that I healed. How many of y'all can imagine if I was still going around limping on my foot like, I can't walk, I'm going to die. Oh, my foot from my four-year-old injury. <laughs> it wouldn't be right, would it? It wouldn't make sense. We are not meant to stay wounded and broken. We are meant to heal, right? So healing is not easy, though. Tell your neighbor it's not easy. Healing comes with some anxiety and stress and pain, but they will heal if the proper treatment is applied. If given time and care, all of our wounds will heal, right? But when we're dealing with inner wounds, those spiritual wounds, we can't just put a Band-Aid on those, can we? 
We can't just get some stitches and get some Tylenol and heal what's happening on the inside. We have to know what the Band-Aid is for the soul. The Band-Aid is lament. And Cindy and Anna, Anna already said it is it's similar to crying, but not quite crying. Lamenting is also something unique to Christians. Tell your, tell your neighbor, you got something unique. Let me give you this definition. Lament is the honest recognition and outpouring, say outpouring, of our grief when we have witnessed, check that out. Sometimes the injury don't even have to happen to you. You could have just witnessed what was happening, witnessed or experienced a wounding at the hands of another, or when we ourselves, have you ever wounded somebody else? Have you ever been the cause of somebody else's stress? When we have wounded others and we regret our actions. Lament is more than a passing sympathy. It's soul deep. Say soul deep. And bone wearying. <laughs> Lament is uncomfortable. Tell your number, neighbor, it's uncomfortable. This is not an easy experience to lament. Some people can even feel a little embarrassed about moaning to the Lord. How many of you all have ever done a praise dance? I mean, really, like a praise, like a Pastor Toby praise dance. <laughs> Some of us ain't never did it because we too nervous. We worried somebody going to see us dancing around. <laughs> we, we, we scared. Lamenting is almost like the, the uh, equivalent of that Holy Ghost praise dance, except you are moaning and crying before the Lord. I mean, you are just unashamed and expressing all of your sorrow, all of your pain, all of your, uh, your fears. There are over um, one-third of the psalms in the Bible are actually psalms of lament. There is actually an entire book called the what? The book of lamentations about lamenting. Even Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane lamenting what he was about to go through. Lament is a form of prayer, more than an expression of sorrow, even more than venting. Lament talks to God, and I think Anna said this, talks to God about our pain. How many of y'all have had some pain in your lives? All of us, right? All of us have had a broken heart. Has anybody had a broken heart, or am I the only one? <laughs> anybody ever lost a job? gotten fired. Oh, I remember this thing from the first time I got fired. Oh, it was bad. Have you ever not been chosen when you should have been chosen? You was the fastest runner. You was the smartest in school. You, you was the best qualified, and you did not get chosen. How many of you have suffered physical abuse? I mean, you know some real pain from being hit. All of us know, if you grew up in the 70s and the 80s, you know about the extension cord, the belt, the switch, the stick, you, whatever they could grab, the hairbrush, whatever they could get. You know about some physical pain, don't you? Now, I won't ask anybody to raise their hand on this one, because I know it's personal and private, but many of us, both female and male, have even suffered sexual abuse. Sexual abuse hurts, that's, that's a deep hurt because that's an internal wound that is difficult to get to and heal. Last week, 
uh, we had a funeral for Freddie Brisky, right? And I'm so glad that all of you all came. Unexpectedly, as we were going to the cemetery, a woman asked if she could ride with me. It's like, sure, no problem. I didn't know this woman from a man in the moon. I didn't know her at all, but she was a part of the funeral. As we were driving, she began to talk about her pain and her suffering. She had gone through a divorce. And I'm sitting there, I'm telling y'all, she laid it out. She was like, this was my pain. I was in a dark place, and this is how I healed. And I was like, did God send you to me so you can help me get ready for my sermon on Sunday? I said, you didn't know that I'm going to be talking about healing. And she talked about how her friends, she said, I was in such a dark place. She said, I didn't want to shower. I didn't want to eat. She talked about how she blamed herself. She took on the responsibility. She said, it must have been something wrong with me. And she was in such a dark place. But then she began to be called out by her friends. Her friends wouldn't let her stay in that dark place. And her friends sat with her and it's like, look, we're going to talk about this together. We're going to go through this together. And they began to lament about all the hurts and pains that they had. And I just could not believe that the Lord sent that woman to me. And she shared about her divorce. Because so many have gone through a divorce and still have not healed. There are married people who are married, been married 40 and 50 and 60 years, and you have not healed. Amen? How many have experienced a death, loss of a loved one? It could be your parents, your sibling, your husband, your cousin. It could be a good friend, and you are still hurting and unhealed because of that loss. Some of us struggle to lament. We struggle to take our pain to God. We struggle to confess what's happening in our hearts because we are actually angry with God. We are mad with God. We also think, God, you could have stopped this. You could have healed my loved one. You could have, you, you could have made sure they had got to the hospital on time. You could have stopped them from being shot and killed in the middle of the street. And so we don't go to God because we are hurt and we're angry and we don't understand sin and we don't understand God's big plan for our lives. But saints, if we want to heal, we have to go to the healer. If you want to get your, you know, your stitches fixed, you got to go to the doctor, right? If you want to get your emotions right, you go see a counselor. But if you want to do soul care and get your soul healed, who do you got to go to? God. Lament has a unique purpose. When we lament, it shows that we trust God. If you don't know God or you don't believe in God, you don't talk to God. But if you believe that there is a God, you start talking to that God and trusting that that God will work out some plans in your life. Lament is a divinely given, say divinely given. It's a divinely given invitation to pour out, I mean, pour out your fears, pour out your frustrations, pour out your sorrows. How many of y'all got a backyard? It's an odd question, isn't it? <laughs> Have you ever just gone out in your backyard and started screaming at everything? 
Lord, I'm so hurt. Lord, I'm so angry. I mean, you might not go in your backyard, but maybe you go in your basement. Maybe you go in your attic. Maybe you go in your bedroom or your bathroom. I don't know where you go, but have you ever went somewhere and you just look like you talking out loud to yourself because you lamenting to God and you talking to God? Some people haven't done it. I encourage you, give it a try. Just go somewhere where it's you by yourself and you just scream as loud as you can and you talk as loud as you can and you pour out everything, say everything. You pour out everything to God and just keep talking and keep talking. All the frustration. Sometimes you got to say, Lord, I am hurt. Sometimes you got to say, Lord, I am angry. Sometimes you got to say, Lord, I'm tired. This is not fair. You have to say the words out loud. Lament is your invitation. Say invitation. Again, you got to pour it all out. Lament has four parts. I'm going to give them to you real quick. Say four parts. The first part, say number one, is to address or turn to God. You see, we're not lamenting to our friends. We're not lamenting to our counselors. We're lamenting right to God. Say part two. Part two is complain. How many of y'all like to complain? <laughs> we all like to get a good complaint. But sometimes we complain to the wrong person. If I have a problem with Walmart and I go over to Giant Eagle to offer my complaint, is that really helping me? No, it's not. I got to complain to the right person. Complaining to God is a part of lament. You can say to God, this is awful. This is not fair. This is jacked up. Say part three. Request. Ask boldly for help. I mean, some of us don't have nothing because we have not asked for it. We have not asked for it. And I'm talking about ask out loud to God, Lord, I need healing. Lord, I need a financial blessing. Lord, I need my relationships restored. We have to say the words. Tell your neighbor, say the words. And then say part four. Trust. Say trust. All of this is about trusting. Trusting that God will heal you. God will deliver you. And God is there for you. And our psalm today in the Old Testament, we're looking at King David. King David was always lamenting about something. David had times when he felt forgotten and alone. Anybody ever felt forgotten and alone? David had times when he felt abandoned. David had times when he felt there was no one there for him. He had points where he was so, so weary to the point that he wanted to die. There are so many in our world today, so many close to us, even possibly here in this sanctuary, that you are one step away from taking your life because you are just so tired of being on this planet. And we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to believe it's happening, saints, but every single day someone ends their life because they are so tired of the pain and the suffering that they're going through. But there's hope, tell your neighbor, there's hope. Because when we have exhausted every option, 
when there is nobody to talk to, when there's no treatments, when there's no counselors, when there is no other help, all we have to do is look up. Tell your neighbor, look up. Look up. God is there. That's where God. King David said in Psalm 13, let's take a look at Psalm 13. If you all will put those words on the screen from uh, Psalm chapter 13, verses 1 through 6. They're also in your bulletin. If you can look along with me, it says, uh, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look at that. How many of you all have felt sometimes that the people who are doing bad seem to get the blessings? He says, look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. Because that's how he felt. I will go to just, I just want to go to sleep and die. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But here's the blessing. Because all of that was lament. Y'all see all of that lamenting he was doing? But then he gets to the end, he says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Good mental and emotional and soul spiritual health involves grieving our losses and disappointment. Disappointment. There's this thing called a loss inventory. Who can remember, has a memory back to age four like I do? Who has a memory from being age three? Anybody? Pearly, you, you can remember? What about a two-year-old memory? What is the earliest memory that you can recollect and would like to share with us? Let's go way back. You, Pearly, you got a mic right there. I can, I can go way back to when I was somewhat like a toddler running around with pants that snaps in the, but we, I wore mine loose because I was a little girl. <laughs> and we, were, we lived down south with my um, other cousins and stuff, and my, my, my um, grandparents and my great-grandmother. Okay. And I can remember every week how we had to line up to take the castor oil. Okay. <laughs> you know. Uh, Lining up to yeah, take castor oil? I, I can remember that. I can remember going out to the, um, where the hog pen was. We had a persimmon tree up there, and we, uh, my cousins used to climb the persimmon tree and give us persimmons. And I can remember we had an old red horse, and they had to actually... They, the only time I saw them using the horse when they had to go and get water, and they would um, take the big, bug, you know, the barrels to get water. I can remember way back then. Wow, you had a horse, Pearly. <laughs> you did, grew up with a horse. I, I lived, so impressed. I lived, I lived in the South. <laughs> Cindy. No, I remember when I was little enough to wear the ruffled uh, underwear that we wore over, you know. And I went to go to the doctor and they gave me a shot and we were all at my aunt's house and my grandma was still alive. And I was fussing because I was hurting and I was still bleeding. And my grandmother, she had a fit. She was so mad and she went and got me a pillow and she's like, I can't believe they hurt my baby like this. And she was so mad because 
I don't remember why I got the shot or nothing. I just know, I remember that, that she was so upset. And she's like, nobody's going to hurt my baby like that again. Aww. And that's, a, that's one of the last memories I have of her, you wow. know. So you, that was probably a vaccination or something, Cindy, you was getting. Wow. Who else can ha has a very early memory? Marion? I think, I think I was about a year and a half, and I was being baptized. It was sprinkling me, and my father was holding me. Wow. And I, I remember it. I could see it now. Yeah. That is yeah. fantastic, Mary. And most of us can't remember our baptisms when we got baptized as a baby, but you remember that. That's beautiful. I remember um, when I was um, in um, preschool and I graduated, and I had a, a, a hoop dress, a hoop in my dress. <laughs> I graduated and I never forget that. You had one that. of the big, it was a hoop. like a princess gown. <laughs> a hoop in my dress. <laughs> Praise oh. God. Joseph? Yeah. I can remember back to the middle 50s. I remember, I remember my grandmother, because I lived, I, I'm from North Carolina. And I remember the school was behind the house. I remember when I, t I told my grandmother I didn't want to leave her. I didn't want to go to school. Oh. So this had to be about 55. You like didn't that. even want to go to school. You wanted to stay with your I grandma. Want to tell my grandma, right? I love. She said you got to go. You got to go. <laughs> I love. One of my favorite things to do is was called a life review and to talk about history and let someone share their story. I was talking with Emma Jackson. And Mr. Jackson is, how old is Mr. Jackson, y'all? 90, 94, 90, in that area. His sister passed away this week, and uh, her name is Geraldine Smith, and they're traveling um, to Georgia for the funeral. And while I was talking to them, Emma shared that her father fought in World War I, and her grandfather was a slave. I was like, what, Emma? <laughs> I was like, and they act like racism happened so long ago, and your granddaddy was a slave. <laughs> I love listening to your stories and your memories, but I ask us to do that because starting at the point of your earliest memory begins your losses. It's called a loss inventory. Well, if you go home today, and you write down your very first memory, whatever that was, if it was going to kindergarten, if it was a baptism, if it was a shot, if it was remembering picking, you know, off the persimmons. I don't know what a persimmon is, but if it was picking it off the tree, what is it? What's, it? What's a persimmon? It's a fruit. But whatever your memory is, write it down. And after you write that down, every single loss that you can ever remember. The time your goldfish died, the time your puppy got taken for you because you wasn't taking good care of it and your mama said, we got to get rid of the dog. The time your grandmother died and you were very young or your grandfather died. The time when you, you moved, you may have moved and you lost your best friend. The time when um, who, all kind of losses happen when you're a teenager, you, your first heartbreak, your first time your boyfriend told you he didn't like you and you was crushed or your girlfriend told you they didn't like you. The time when you didn't get chosen at school. I still remember when I didn't get picked for the, the kick line team. 
write down every single loss. You see, you can't heal from the losses until you actually go through the loss. And if you've ever experienced AA, y'all, some of y'all know what the 12 steps is, right? Step four is you have to make a, 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 you have to made a searching and a fearless moral inventory of ourselves. You got to go through everything. Say everything. We can't heal if we don't ever look at it, if we don't look at the losses, if we don't look at what, what the problem is. Can you imagine going to the doctor and you have a gaping hole in your chest and he looking at the wall? You're like, here, it's right here. You don't see it? You got to look at the pain. You got to look at the wound. Tell your neighbor, look at the wounds. Every single loss has to be healed. I never even recognized or realized that, you all. Why am I telling you all to do this? Because I had to do it. I had to go through every loss. I mean, my dog died. And I'm sitting there looking at the man like, why do we got to talk about my dog dying from when I was seven? Because you didn't heal from it. Every single loss has to be healed. Every single loss has to be looked at and recognized. Every single loss has to be lamented to God and giving over to God. So if you would just take some time, anytime you want, and write down that list and give it to God. Every loss you have ever had up until today, health issues, financial struggles, every single loss. You see, something happens when we don't allow ourselves to grieve. When we don't grieve, when we don't lament, when we don't deal with those losses, when we don't heal, our hearts begin to harden. Tell your neighbor, don't let your heart get hard. Have you ever heard that saying, keep calm and carry on? That saying actually comes as a result of World War II. It was on a poster, and it was supposed to inspire the soldiers on the Britain, in the Britain Army. Keep calm and carry on. And the purpose of that was to, you know, help them to overcome their fear and so that they would not be overcome and paralyzed and demoralized by their fear and discouragement. But there was a hidden danger in the keeping calm and carrying it on mentality. Because when we keep calm and carry on, we suppress our feelings. Some of you all are real good at suppressing your feelings. You just turn them right off and they've never gotten turned back on again. Tell your neighbor, it's time to turn your feelings on. Before Jesus was crucified, he spent his final hours with his disciples. He knew what they were going to experience. He knew the grief, the fear, and the pain that was going to visit the disciples as soon as he was gone. And he begins to prepare them for the experience. If we can look at John chapter 16, verse 20, if you guys can put that on the screen if you're in the back back there. Read this with me. Very truly, I tell you, oh, it's a little different. Let's read the verse 20. That's 16. There you go. Verily, verily, I say unto you that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. And ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. You see, the Lord was telling the disciples, you are going to lament. You are going to weep. You are going to cry. And it's going to seem like everybody else is rejoicing. You see, when Jesus died, they thought they had won. When Jesus was crucified, they thought they had the victory, and they were doing their happy dance. 
But Jesus was trying to let the disciples know your grief will turn to joy. Tell your neighbor, your grief will turn into joy. The Lord recognizes that we will have times when we feel that our troubles are greater than we can endure. But he has a promise for us. What's the promise that Jesus gives us? He says, I am here. Tell your neighbor, I am here. He says, I am present. Tell your other neighbor, say, I am present. He says to us, I feel your pain. I feel your struggle. This is the most important. You are not alone. Tell your neighbor, you are not alone. You are not alone. What Jesus was trying to teach them was about lamenting and praising. Say praising. I talked about this last week. In our deepest sorrows, we also have to praise God. And watch out for our feelings. Tell your neighbor, watch out for your feelings. Emotions are important, y'all, but they can, cannot always be trusted. Sometimes people say, I feel like this way, so I think I'm going to get a divorce. I feel like this way, so I'm going to leave my kids. I feel like this way. You know, tell your feelings to be quiet sometimes. <laughs> you cannot always trust your feelings. Because I still am surprised when, when I became a new mother and I said, oh, this is why people sometimes kill their kids. I didn't know that you was going to have the feeling of wanting to kill them. But you can't trust that feeling, amen? Don't trust that feeling. Don't kill your kids. <laughs> feelings are their own language. They are telling us something, but we have to balance feelings with our mind and our spirit. They all work together. Say together. Lamentation, pouring out help us, helps us to unlearn. Say unlearn. Some of us got to unlearn some bad habits. We got some bad habits. <laughs> Stop suppressing unpleasant feelings and give them to God. Say give them to God. Jesus offers us, us so many promises. He says, I will comfort you in your sorrow. And this last scripture, it says, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, we thank you for your healing. And we just take this time, Lord, to pour out our pain to you, holy God. We are tired, Lord Jesus. We are sad. We are hurting. We are uncomfortable. We are confused. We are broken. We are so afraid. And we need you, Lord. We just pour out right now every single hurt, Lord, every single grief, every single loss. We just pour it out to you, Holy Spirit. And we trust you, Lord. We trust you, Lord, to heal our souls. We thank you and we honor you. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen.